Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together. Hey folks, we're back. It's Bosco's Boys. Uh, let me tell you about mybookie.ag. It's My favorite website. The best website to play sports bets, obviously. Um, we've been talking about it every episode, and we're going to talk about it again. Uh, they're the best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is super easy. When you win, they pay. Uh, you can do in-game betting. Um, Think of all the money you could have won if you would have bet on the Cats to win at halftime yesterday. I mean... God, I probably a lot of money. Probably a lot of money. I wouldn't know because I was napping, <gasps> kind of in and out of that game. But oh no, I watched it again, so it's all, it's all good. Um, guys, you can do in-game betting. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for the fantasy folks out there, you can do over unders on how many fantasy points a player is going to get in the game. Um, if you join now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand dollars plus twenty five. If you use our promo code capital B O Y S twenty five, visit my bookie today. It's the best. I I really can't say enough good things about my bookie. Another thing I can't say enough good things about uh, Fatty Fest, uh, folks. This is you know when you're hearing this, only six or five or six days away. Um, it's October twentieth. At Annie Mays, that's the trivia competition and silent auction. They're going to be doing the scavenger hunt starting in City Park. 
uh, before that. It's going to be a great time. It's honoring maybe the greatest K State fan ever, Schwan Alkatib, Fatty4KSU. You know his YouTube videos. You know him from message boards. It's great. Um, I do want to let everyone know one thing. I was made aware of this a couple days ago. One of the silent auction items is an autographed issue of the Sports Illustrated cover. You know the one. It's of the beautiful, sexy, two-toned lavender game-winning shot signed by the entire 1981 K-State basketball team. So if you want that, maybe the greatest piece of K-State memorabilia ever, make sure to get out there and bid on it. Um, Grant, we're back. Um, Beer of the Pot, I went and grabbed this from our favorite spot, Double Shift Brewery. It is Ramble On. It's a coffee brown ale. I think it tastes delicious on this rainy, cold October afternoon. It's raining again. It's a perfect beer for the weather. Real smooth. I don't get, I'm not getting much coffee out of it, but maybe that's because I'm drinking real coffee and I'm a little desensitized, but it's really good. It's really smooth. Um, I love it. It's delicious. You should go to Double Shift. It's a great brewery. Yep. Um. So now we're going to jump in. We have a win to talk about. It's what? Been, it's been a while. It's been uh, what since the UTSA game? Yeah. Oh my God. It has been since UTSA. That's really really bad. But that I mean, it seems like it's been forever because it is. Uh, Cats won thirty one to twelve. Um, Alex Barnes. He is start. We said it last week. He is starting to show us what we thought we were going to get all season. I think he went for 181 yards rushing, 51 yards receiving, four touchdowns. The man was on fire. Yeah, he's coming into his own. Um, He's running hard north-south like we want him to do. He's getting some serious help from the offensive line, which has a huge part to do with it. But he's got 788 total yards now, which puts him at number five in the nation, which – you know our preseason predictions of what did we say twelve hundred or so total yards from looking well, more realistic. I think we, I think we said rushing, not total. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, he's got okay. I disregard what I just said. I, but I mean, he, I think he's going to get. He's the, I got, mean, I got to look at. Did I say total yards? You said total yards, and I think that sounds about accurate because he's had some bigger games receiving. But yeah, he had fifty-one yards receiving yesterday. Yeah, I mean, so that I, he he's really starting to come into his own. Um, and again, it's just what you said. It's the offensive line is finally starting to almost bully guys. We might talk about the offensive line, go into that a little bit more later. Um, Skyler, while uh, there's no bones about it, struggled in the first half. Uh, but when it was all said and done, he had 80 yards rushing, a couple big-time plays with his legs, ended up with 130 yards uh, passing, only had one incomplete pass in the second half. So, uh, you know, not his best game. And it – if, if he could have played the way we all think he can, that could have been an even bigger blowout. But in the second half especially, he really did show the skills that he has. He was poor in the first half, and that's putting it lightly, I think. Um, he had 14 attempts for 29 yards. Not good. He was way off the mark passing-wise. He was throwing behind receivers, missing open guys. And then that, you know, we've given – Delton all sorts of shit for having no pocket presence. He took a terrible sack at the end of the half, which, you know, drove me nuts, but turned it around, was much better in the second half. Um, I like – he's a great runner, honestly. Like, he's a smart runner. He knows when when to take off when the pocket's collapsing, and he's smart. He always gets – I mean, his his rushing, rushing uh, statistics are great. Yeah, it, 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 he is, quite frankly, I, I think we can – 
officially put to bed and not even dance around the idea that he isn't a runner because, I mean, he's proved the last couple of weeks he 100% is. Uh, next thing that I just high-level wanted to talk about before we start diving into position groups, Mr. Swaggy Georgia, Duke Shelley, two picks, another breakup, six tackles. I think they targeted him like 15 times. There's only six catches for like 11 yards total. He was targeted 11 times for 11 five times. completions, and he surrendered only 16 yards. That's insane. With two interceptions. Um, I'm super pumped because I picked Duke to be my basically player of the season, my defensive MVP, and now he's starting to fulfill that role. He's a slow starter, which is kind of interesting. Um, he seems to start slow throughout his career, except for maybe his freshman year when he got thrown into the deep end. But And he's, he's starting to look like the player that – I thought he was going to be, so he looks good. He looks good. Speaking of looking good, uh, Reggie Walker, he came in. He only played in one half because of his targeting penalty. Got a sack, got a tackle for loss. When he was out there, he was sure making his presence known. Yes, um, it would have been nice to have him for the first half, but, you know, maybe those fresh legs is why he looked so good, probably. Um, yeah, Reggie's solid. Yep, and then uh, Justin Hughes led the team with eight tackles. Um, he was – I mean, he had a lot of missed tackles – Versus Baylor, I think Pro Football Focus might have said six last week, but this oh, week yes. he said zero. Zero, zero missed tackles, tackles for, Justin, for Hughes. Justin Hughes. He actually led the team with eight tackles. So Yeah, so, I mean, he played better. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you can say that for the entire team that played better. Let's dive into it. Let's talk about Skyler and the quarterback game a little bit more. We touched on it. There's a question about it later. His slow starts are just – confusing to me I know the guy meant I know the guy's mentally prepared I know he knows the game plan I know he knows the playbook what it, what is going on with his slow starts I don't know it's interesting um and it was his it's it was almost yesterday his decision making wasn't very good either but he was he looked rusty it was, looked like he hadn't played in weeks and he was just missing open guys. He had Reuter one time across the middle on like third and five, and he threw it like two yards ahead of him. I don't know, but it's it's is it a trend for him? It's it kind of seems like it is. I mean, freshman year, his freshman year, he started slow certainly, um, especially in the bowl game. He got it, got him pulled out of the game. I don't know. I to, I hope it's something that we can address. I think <laughs> we've certainly stunted his development a bit, so. I just hope that we can remain with Skylar so he can keep getting his reps and or getting reps so he can iron out iron out these wrinkles that he has. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um again, that sack he took at the end was probably the worst decision he's made while at K State. Um, which which is just it's too bad because with as poor as that first half had been, if you could have gone into uh, halftime tied, I, and I know it's a moot point because we ended up, you know, blowing them out in the second half. But if you could have gone in tied, that would have at least made the uh, feelings up at the tailgate terrace a little bit better because I'll let everyone know it was not happy times up there during halftime. Um, he did just come in and turn it on in the second half, and I don't know how much of that is Skyler, how much of that's the offensive line, how much of that is Alex Barnes just going nuts in the second half, but there's no denying he looked like the quarterback that we've all know to, known to come and love in the second half. Uh, so hopefully during this bye week they can figure out whatever's causing those slow starts and you know we can shock the world versus Oklahoma in a couple weeks. <laughs> Another thing that's kind of driving me nuts about uh, – 
kind of related to that last sack is we had no timeouts again. You know, we're burning our timeouts early and often. Um, it still seems like there's a break in communication between the play, the coaching, the play calling, and the players. Is that something we're going to have to deal with forever as long as Bill's, yeah. Bill's ahead? Yeah, I, I, I really do. Um, <coughs> again, there's a, there's a question that touches on and then uh, part of Cole's – one of his keys of ease. But I think part of the issue is – is uh, the, insane. the way Skyler plays and the way he's at his best is when there's some tempo, when it's basically just let him go out and ball. Don't make him have to run through a bunch of checks. Don't – you know, try to change the play at the last second uh, because it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, whether it's him, whether it's Colin Klein, whether whether it's Michael Bishop, anyone in the world. If you're trying to get him to check out of a play with eight seconds left on the play clock, you're going to end up having to call a timeout. So that's frustrating. But let's move on to something that wasn't frustrating. Second straight game, the offensive line just asserted their will. And not only that, you could probably say, you know, with four quarters this week, four quarters last week in the two versus Texas, they're maybe 10 quarters straight having super great games. What do you make out of the offensive line? Uh, I think it's safe to say that was the best game they've played so far this year. Um, I am not 100% sure about this. Isn't Oklahoma State, like, number one in sacks? Because we had good pass protection. Yeah, I, I think they're number one in sacks, and they're one of the better rush defenses. And they're defenses. number one in rush defense. Yeah. So, I mean, we just absolutely destroyed their D-line pretty much won the battles across the board. Um, I mean, we had pretty solid pass protection, and then, you know, Alex Barnes' numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, and that's one thing I didn't think was going to happen was just running all over him. Uh-uh. And then uh, Dalvin Warmack, we'll touch on him. Uh, he had a handful of rushes. I think he ended up averaging four yards per rush. He had one reception. Um, there's another one he probably should have had a touchdown, so we wouldn't have even ne- needed to take that sack uh, with the drop. That kind of hurts uh, hurts my soul as one of the <laughs> lead members of throw Dalvin Warmack the ball club. But also something that I loved seeing, we started running that inverted wishbone, that shotgun three back set. I was I had I'll be honest with you, I had an erection when I saw <laughs> that formation. Um, I love seeing that formation. What do you think, uh, watching it from home, what were your thoughts when you saw that formation? I loved it. And, I mean, Warmack primarily got the ball out of that, which I liked quite a bit. Give Dow the ball with two lead blockers. Um, it was fun. It was a nice wrinkle in our playbook that we haven't really seen yet with this um, – what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know. This group of players, I'll just say that. Well, and uh, I, I don't know if it was Matt Hall or Kellis or someone in the postgame asked Bill, they're like, uh, hey, we saw this uh, formation. We've seen it in the NFL. We've seen Oklahoma State run it. Did you get inspiration from anyone? And Bill, being the old bastard that he is, he just <laughs> says, that's been in our playbook since 1989. So, uh, of course, he has to be a smart ass and – not really say anything, but, you know, whatever. He can be a smart ass. Just keep using that formation. I hope this isn't something that we showed, I believe, one play last week and showed a couple times this week. I hope it doesn't now go back into the closet until, uh, until Bill's I doubt it. Not, 2030. I mean, it worked, so we'll probably do it over and over until it, we're all just wanting to kill ourselves because we've seen it so many times. But <clears throat> it was good to see Silman get out there on the field and get some reps. Um, he didn't get any carries, but... It's nice to see him involved. Um, I was had I had high high hopes for Silman. I have always liked him, but he's handled a poor senior season 
like a professional. Yeah, he didn't just, you know, pack up and go. Um, granted, I don't think he has a red shirt season, so I don't think he can do that. But um, I, I'm, I'm just I, – I, I agree. I like seeing those guys get on the field. Speaking of getting on the field, we'll move to receivers. Uh, Malik Knowles, true freshman, I think he saw like five or six plays in the first half. I think maybe three or four more in the second half. No passes came his way, but that's another true freshman that's played. But, yeah, outside of that, um, Skyler struggled to distribute the ball. Um, I think six of his completions went to running backs or tight ends. Uh, so the receivers really weren't able to do much. Uh, Zuber, you know, Zuber did all right. He got a couple catches, a couple uh, yards after catch. But outside of that, uh, not a lot to say for the receivers. No, we're not getting much out of our receivers still. What are we, six games in, seven games in? Um, they just don't – they can't get any separation. And, you know, they're not helped at all with, like, variability of routes. It's just – we just run the stupidest routes that do not help them at all. It's it's frustrating to see, but – It's frustrating to see. I do still think this is our worst position group. Um, it's by far. We've got it. we need to take a little – I mean, a, a play, maybe, maybe some uh, – a little chunk out of Andy Reid's playbook and tr- just watch how they – every opportunity they can to get uh, Tyree kill the ball. Just start just doing do that with Zuber. Zuber. I mean, he's he needs to touch the ball more. He's probably our best offensive threat aside from Alex Barnes. I mean, yeah, he I, rarely gets the ball. Get yeah. him some jet sweeps. Yeah. Get him some screens. Jet get him sw- sweeps, that little touch pass coming across. Yes. Just anything to get him the ball. And then uh, to the coaches, I plead you guys, get out on the recruiting trail and – Start trying to grab some guys. Um, hopefully, God, Corey no, Sutton just keeps rubbing our noses in it. Yeah, it, and again, if if everything if, <laughs> if if you're able to retain guys, maybe it's not an issue. Um, stuff happens, I understand it, but you have to get some real athletes out there. Um, hopefully, Ryzen can step up next season. Keep forgetting about him. Hopefully, Knowles continues to take take steps forward. Hopefully, Sebastian Taylor eventually starts showing, you know, what everyone rants and raves about. Um, but, you know, it kind of sucks because the wide receivers we currently have, they're just kind of placeholders and space takers. Um, Some of them are literally the definition of, like, a warm body at a <laughs> in a position. Yeah, it's and, like, and, and it's rough, and, and you can't win games doing that. Um, I mean, next year we'll get Zuber back. I mean, hopefully, most likely. Let's just say best-case scenario, we get Skyler back, Zuber back. Ryzen comes in. That's going to help quite a bit, I would think, if, yep. if Ryzen is. And then you hope Chebastian Taylor takes yeah. a step forward. We've seen Knowles get on the field. Um, I know we're recruiting some guys that might uh, be some different make, difference makers as true freshmen. Uh, but that is, that's a very important need. I mean, it's scary to think about our skill positions because wide receivers already tight and then running back. I mean, I'm, hope, ner- I'm really I'm nervous yeah. about. I mean, Alex Barnes. I mean, if he keeps this up, he might find himself in the mid late rounds in the draft. And the way running backs are used in the NFL, it's plug and play. So you maybe get one contract. So if he thinks he's going to get drafted, I would tell him to go. Yeah. Um, because too. running backs, you only have so many hits in your body. Um, but if that happens, you don't return a letter winning scholarship running back. It's not good. It's not. Um, <laughs> let's move on to something that's been good. Uh, the defense has shown some great promise. You know, the Texas game only given up 10 points, only given up 12 points this week. Baylor, eh, whatever. I'm trying to be positive today, so let's forget about that game. 
Um, and the defensive line, I think, is one of the units you can look to that in Big 12 play, they've gotten better almost every game. They're now starting to get penetration. They're starting to get ta- or sacks. They're starting to get tackles for losses. Um, White Hubert really announced himself making some big, big plays. Big plays down on the goal line uh, in th- at the end of the second half. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State, they find a way to punch in a touchdown going up. Uh, you know, what, would they have gone up 10-6 or 10-3? 10-3. Some, some, yeah, 10-3. If they go up 10-3 instead of 6-3, uh, who knows wh- what team comes out of there. So those plays he made down there on second and third and goal, um, that might have honestly changed the game, saved the game. <clears throat> yeah, that was my play of the game. Hubert blowing that dude up on the jet sweep. Um, got the crowd crowd going into it, and I was, I was a little nervous because they were about to punch it in and – that would have changed things for sure. Um, Reggie Walker came in at halftime, played well, had a what a sack, two tackles for losses. Um, yeah, I, I think we talked about it before the Big 12 started. After we got handled by Mississippi State, that we thought we would have defensive line-wise more success in the Big 12 because it's more of a pass-heavy conference and we won't just get run on like crazy. And that's kind of been kind of been the case. Um, I'm more impressed with our run D, um, at least yesterday. Just bottled up Justice Hill, probably the best running back in the Big Twelve. Yeah, uh, I think Iowa State fans, if they hear that, they're going to sign new mentions. He hurt? I mean, I feel like I almost feel like he, he played was yesterday. Justice Hill? Oh no, I thought you were talking about Montgomery from Iowa State. No, no he's uh, good. It, by Justice the way, Hill, I almost felt like he was hurt. I don't know. He got. I mean, he got like twelve or thirteen carries, so I don't know how hurt he. Maybe not. Really he just, was. I mean, I don't know. It seemed like early. Let's just drink the Kool Aid and I'll say we have it. an elite yeah. rush defense. <laughs> I'm down with that. Speaking uh, of. You know, a player that played elite, Justin Hughes. He played great, and this was a bounce back game he needed because, uh, and and we we try our best to not dump on players. Um, we don't always do a good job about it, but to be frank, he just he he, he wasn't he alone wasn't, though. He, yeah, he wasn't alone, but he was just just garbage versus Baylor, and he bounced it back, and he had an amazing game. And this is the type of player we thought we were going to get at linebacker the entire time from him. You can tell that they must have focused heavily on, like, wrapping up and tackling this week because huge, huge improvement from 21 missed tackles to six, I think, was the PFF rating. Yep. Uh, Big Good coaching adjustment, honestly. Got to give – I mean, they keyed on that. and You could tell in the open field we were far more sound than we were against Baylor, and we were hitting a lot harder, too. And Patton had a decent game, too. I I am sad to say on our airwaves, it does sound like uh, Sullivan is probably out for the year. Yeah. Um, so we, we won't disclose the actual injury. It's good. It sounds like he's done for the year. Yeah, Sullivan is is gone, but so it's good that you know. I mean, it's gonna get Hughes the experience that he needs. He's gonna be stepping up, and there's gonna be a lot of pressure on him. But he's you know he's gonna grow quickly. So. Um, can't afford any more injuries at that position, though. Nope. We will be in serious trouble. I would honestly say if we're ever in a situation where there is a blowout again on either side, just take both of them out yeah. and just yeah. play the backups. I don't care if you get torched because um, there is no depth at the linebacker position. We so. already had no depth, and now we're, yeah. we've experienced key injuries. It's not good. It's not good. Um, 
Secondary was good. We we talked about Duke Shelley for a little bit. He actually was on Pro Football Focus's defensive team of the week. Um, so ninety yeah, point six. Ninety point six. He was the top rated cornerback from last week in college football. Um, he played elite. Uh, I think the safeties played very well. I think Kendall Adams he played all right. Walker played well. Uh, I don't recall seeing Goolsby make any plays. Um, um, no, but I mean, you know, but it, that's probably a good thing. It's I mean, right. It, it, a lot of the times with safety for just secondary in general, if, if they're not in the screen, that means things are going going well. Um, Walter Neal Jr. also had a pretty good game. I think he was our second highest defender uh, on Pro Football Focus with an eighty six. I yeah, believe it was. Yeah. So uh, we had three players played, that made the defensive well. team, I want to say. Yeah, for the Big 12, not yeah, national. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a play where Eli, gosh, Ewok, Ewalker. Walker was exposed pretty badly for his, uh, you know, lack of pass coverage. It was deep where it was like a deep hitch and go. They were passing at uh, A.J. Parker. This was when I think Hubert blew up that play and they, we held him to three, but they had a deep pass, like, Within the ten yard line, and Walker just took an absolutely terrible angle yep. and left Parker basically on an island, and it just shows like you know, he just doesn't have that pass instinct. No, he he wants to blow people up, which um, I love about him. Yeah, but you, you know you, <laughs> but, you, you have to you have to take the good with the bad when it comes to him. But uh, you know I I do think I think behind the offensive line, otherwise probably secondary backs, had a good game. I would game. say secondary secondary had the best game out of the defensive units um probably third best on the team I, w- I was very pleased with them special teams um not not a lot happened in the returning game uh but Zuber ran out of bounds he yeah. should have had a return oh, yeah that should was, have been a touch it was like he had so much room he wasn't yeah. forced out I don't know he that must was have, frustrating uh must have I not s- had a contact lens and I saw I saw it in the stadium I saw the refs blowing it dead and everyone was going nuts I was you know me, pessimistic me. I was just already cussing. Um, but outside of that, not much in the return game. Another missed field goal. Um, we don't have a kicker. Yeah, Lynch needs to get better. Um, we did sign that uh, Butler County kid. Uh, to, well, he hasn't signed yet, but he committed. So we'll have another kicker coming in on scholarship next year. Um, I, I I forget the new name of the punter. We had a new punter kicking. Oh, God, yeah. What was his Akifiti? name? At, at, An- Ancliff or Atcliff? Whatever. Um, but, he, you know, he, he punted well. Um, didn't have to punt a lot in the second half. But, you know, that's special teams. Um, just not that special anymore. No. Uh, it's been a rough year for special teams. And I don't think they're going to give us much of an edge anymore for the nope. rest of the year. I nope. just I don't, I don't think so either. Um, Luckily, we didn't need it yesterday. Yep. Uh, second half. Alex Barnes was just amazing. So he, he bailed out the special team. So let's just grade, get into grading the keys of E. We had six this week because our uh, guy, Cold Man, back, he added two of them. Um, the first one, this was yours. Uh, it was tackle better, please. You were very nice about it, and I think they I think they did it for you. I'm giving them a straight-up A. Um, far better, only six mixed tackles. Um, I'm giving them an A. They deserve it. I'm going B+. Plus. Um, I'm a tough grader. Uh but it is what it is. Uh, it was gr- it was a lot better. Um, to me, six still seem. I mean, I don't know. I would love to know what average is for I'm, a game. Uh, maybe I'm grading on a curve because we've been so bad. Well, no. I mean, who, who knows? <laughs> uh, if someone wants to do yeah, the, yeah, gra- I'd love to see if, the average. If someone wants to do the groundwork for us and let us know what the uh, 
average missed tackles in a Big 12 football game, let me know and I will send you a Bosco's Boys koozie if you can give me the average number number of missed tackles per game in the Big 12. Um, the next one, this was mine, play mistake-free football. Um, I'm going to give it a B-. minus. Uh, four for 40 penalties, so not a lot of penalties, no turnovers. But how we ended that second half and how we managed our timeouts – or how, sorry, how we ended the first half and how we managed our timeouts in that first half, uh, taking that sack, not having them, um, I you know I can't give them that much better. I'm just giving them a solid B. Um, you pretty much hit all the points that I was going to talk about. God, we have to figure out – like. It's inexcusable to be burning our timeouts like this. It's Bill, you've been doing it for twenty five years. Come on. And I usually and I, I usually say this when it happens in the first half. I say, I don't care about burning the timeouts in the first half, but then just like every time I vocalize something, yeah, it turns yeah. out that, you know, it comes back to bite me. Um so it is what it is. I I can't give them a much better grade. Um the next one, this was Cole's get the passing attack rolling. I'm going to have to give this a C minus and I feel like I'm being nice there because we made I'm a surprised couple, you gave him a C minus because we got a couple throws in the second half. Um, but it was bad. And this was the worst passing defense in the big 12. One of the worst. Yeah, that's in the what nation. makes uh, I regret giving it a C minus. I'm not going to go back on it, but I was far too, far too nice about that. I probably should have given them an F, but I feel like I'm being generous with a D minus. Um, we were really poor our first half. We virtually did not have a passing game. Um, we had 29 yards uh, on 14 attempts. That's terrible. I mean, that's as bad as it gets. Um, and it's per- what makes it so bad is that the competition is it's it was the worst. It's like one of the worst secondaries around. Yeah, so. we're not going to play a worst secondary rest of the year. Yeah, um, D minus, not good. Um, the next one, put it together on special teams. I'm saying C minus again. Um, you covered kicks fine. You hit one field goal. The punting was good, uh, but you missed field goal. Could have been another touchdown uh, that Zuber stepped out of bounds. I'm going another C minus. I'm giving it a C. It's average. Uh, didn't hurt us. Didn't help us really. Whatever. C. Uh, the next one, this was mine, and I've said this a couple times, get Skyler in rhythm. I'm going F here. Um, <laughs> I, and, I, again, I'm I, I'm going to hold off on any other commentary until I ask Bosco questions because I believe there is a very good uh, question that will let me springboard into talking about this a little more. Okay, I'll touch on it later, but I'm also giving it an F. All right, the final one, uh, Cole Mambex, limit Justice Hill. Justice Hill only had 41 yards. I believe that was a season low. I know he didn't play great for Iowa State, but I believe that's a season low. I'm giving them an A+. Plus. A+, plus and first A-plus of the year, I want to say. Probably the last, but you can't you can't not give him an A-plus no, there. No, you can't. Put it, him in a bottle. Put him in a bottle. It was great. Um, felt good to do that to someone. We need to check some of our guys' pockets. Maybe we'll find him there. <laughs> That, yeah, no, I don't think anyone's uh, been pocketed since uh, Miles Garrett. Yeah, uh, when good old true freshman Scott France did that to him. Uh, but it's time to jump into Ask Bosco questions. I had quite a few this week. We're gonna jump in them um, at K State KC, who's quickly trying to become one of the best boneheads on Twitter. 
Uh, he asks, super pumped for the W in week two of the Alex Bourne show, but how concerned are we with Skyler's persistent first half struggles? More specifically, the final minutes where Skyler took a sack and ruined K-State's chances of scoring before the half. And then we're going to couple that in Banner 94 or 95, excuse me, who I met before the game. So shout out to Banner 95. What's up, man? Uh, I'm going to attack on to this question. In the second half, the offense went with more up-tempo. To me, this is where Skyler plays best and where the or best in this offense. What are your thoughts? So this is what I was alluding to. I actually agree with this. I touched on it at the very beginning. And I think when I, I – I've talked about trying to get Skyler into rhythm early a handful of times as a QDB. What I'm going to change to that, and it's something that Cole touched on when we were talking, was let Skyler play with some tempo. Uh Banner is 100% correct. We look good when we allow Skyler to be a football player and not a chess player. Um, he's still so young. He's still relatively inexperienced. And we're, we're getting to a point where we can't keep calling him inexperienced, and I get that. But at the end of the day, he's still a sophomore. And we saw how long it took Jake Waters – to learn how to be this chess player behind quarterback. And he did that with an infinitely better receiving core behind him and a more mentally there uh, Bill Snyder and a more experienced offensive coaching staff. You can't expect Skylar Thompson to turn into what Jake Waters was as the chess master uh, at this point in his career. So we need to just let him play football Call in a play and let him execute to it. Because when we're doing that, excuse me, and we saw it in the second half, we see what type of a quarterback he can be. And that is a very good quarterback. I agree. <laughs> um, as far as the slow starts going, I mean, it's not like it's all on Skyler. Um, it's concerning, but we've been – that is a trend that – has plagued us for several years. And it's we not have, just him either. It's, it's the, the entire, entire team. team. Yeah, the, it's the entire team. It's the program. We are starting slow generally, and we start slow in particular games. Um, I don't know why, but it's not great. We don't have, you know, we're a team with a thin, a razor-thin margin of error, and we're not explosive at all. So starting slow is not ideal for a team like that. Um, and I 100% agree, you know, the tempo, that is how Skyler plays best. And looking at the types of players that, you know, we're recruiting, if Skyler is our future and we want to hang on to him, then we need to let him loose and we need to let him – the team needs to be run through Skyler. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I, I everything you said is correct. Um, you look <laughs> at the guys we've been trying to go after. You look at the guys who are currently committed. You look at some of the guys that are sitting in their redshirt year – that's the type of offense we need to be going after. And uh, I think Bill should probably during this bye week, uh, first off, hopefully the coaches are out recruiting. But if they're if Bill's not going to let him recruit, he should probably let him come down I-70 and spend a little time with Andy Reid and uh, steal a page or two out of his playbook and just get a little more creative and up-tempo and just some more fun offense because I think we have guys who can execute to that. That is such a fun offense. I love Andy Reid. I hope I love him after tonight. Um, next question is at KSU Eller 54. Whew. If we get to six wins this year and make a bowl, should we be happy about that or annoyed that it's just more of the same mediocrity? I mean, you, you go ahead. First. You take this first. 
Okay. Six wins is mediocrity. You nailed it. We should not be happy about that. Um, I know people had higher expectations coming into this season. I think those were unwarranted. I was one of those people. Um, I didn't think that we would be sitting at three and four at this point of the season. I thought it was possible, but guys, six wins in a bowl is completely meaningless. Um, I mean, I don't know how to expand on that any further. We should be aiming for much higher than that. Um, I just don't think we're going to get that with, you know, the current staff at the helm. Um, if we get to six wins this year and make a bowl, like, good for the players. You know, they have something to hang their hat on. They started poorly. They fought back, and they got themselves into a position to get to a bowl, and that's great for them, especially for some of our seniors because they deserve it. But that is no. <laughs> no. We need to be pissed off about that, and we need to make noise about it. Yeah, so uh, I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, at this point, at this point in the season, I think I only had us being one game better. I think I, in our predictions, I had us beating Baylor. Um, definitely didn't have us looking as poor as we yeah. have. Um, so I, I, you know, I was always saying seven and five. Uh, but if we go six and six and six, there's no team in the country. Outside of if you have any ambition at all, if you ever if you sit back and say, hey, within the next five years, I want my school, my team to compete for a conference championship in any conference, you should never be okay with six and six. You shouldn't. Six and six is mediocrity by definition. Uh, (laughs) Folks who want to tout bowls, that's fine. What what I'm going to say is that is awesome for the players. They get. You know, they get a bunch of cool uh, gifts. You know, I think they deserve it. You know, they get to have fun. They get to, you know, hang out with their friends and visit a city. You know, some of these players probably only know the state they grew up in and, you know, where they travel with the football team. So I I love that players get these opportunities. I think more – I love bowl games. I love watching bowl games. I like to watch – a bowl game on a Tuesday afternoon at work and book a fake meeting and put it up in a projector. But six and six in another meaningless bowl game should not excite this fan base. We are now going since 2012 without being a true national level contender. Uh, We're going since 2014 since we've been a real big 12 contender. And quite frankly, with the same coaching staff, next year's not going to be better folks. I mean, you're losing enough guys off this already skinny roster that's not going to get better. So you're probably going to go into 2020. Well, and then you're going to have to start rebuilding. Guys, I don't know when the next time you can truly look on look on paper and say this team can be a player in the Big 12. Um, six and six should not be some ultimate goal. I don't think there's anything that can happen rest of this year that would change my opinion on what has to happen for the future of the program. Um, And I really hope K-State fans, if they do go six and six, don't start touting this as some great victory. That that will make me just want to put my head through a wall. All that being said, I want us to, you know, I want us to win now. I want us to go to a bowl because I I will watch it. I like watching bowl games. I would rather us go to a bowl than not, but no one, nobody should sit around and try to call that some victory and point towards Bill Snyder and 
put him up on a pedestal and call him a genius and a mastermind for going six and six, no matter how you started the season. No, I mean, yeah, I, look, I love Bulls. They're great. They're fun. But I think even like seven and five, eight and four should be seen as a down year. That should be seen as a year where it's like, all right, next year we're going to bounce back. We're going to make a run. We're going to make a run at the conference title. That's where our our goals should be. I mean, ask yourself this to the listeners. Just ask yourself this. On our current bull streak, What I mean, what are your memories of these bulls? Like, aside from 2012 when we're in the Fiesta Bowl where we got smacked, but that's irrelevant. But, you know, none of those bulls mattered that we went to. I mean, ask yourself if, if – you know, if we get to a bowl this year, is anything going to change? Like, w- no, what no. has that done for you that on our current bowl streak? It's done nothing no, for me. I it, mean, it, it means nothing. Being it's able meaningless. to paint the Cheez It Bowl logo somewhere in the stadium. Oh, I hope we go to the Cheez It Bowl. Isn't well, but that's not. I mean, <laughs> yes, I would rather go to a bowl than not go to a bowl. Well, if but, we're going to a bowl, I just say I hope it's the Cheez It Bowl. <laughs> uh, but I just, I just think that it's. It's exactly what Andre Coleman said in the offseason. Yes, he we, nailed it. We do not need, and it's weird phrasing, but we do not need to be considering a bowl game a success. You know, have the Andre Coleman mentality, and granted, I don't know if he has the chops to back up what he says himself, but uh, he does He does say everything correctly when it comes to mentality. But we're going to move on from this. Thank you, KSU Eller, for uh, sending that in. Um Rob in KY, good old Rob. Rob, Great shout out to Rob, man. Shout Come out back. to Rob. I'm sorry about uh, not being able to hang out with you guys a couple weeks ago at Double Shift. Rob is a great bonehead. Um, you know, he's a, he's a running cat. He runs a lot. I I get up in the morning and see his tweets about the morning <laughs> runs he goes on. Shout out to Rob. But he asks, do we get three more wins? If so your bowl predictions i think we're saying if we're going to go to a bowl we're team cheese at bowl hell yeah okay but do you think we get three more wins personally i do not think so um i do not either i i'm actually almost getting to the point where i think it might be like more likely we beat tcu than tech or yeah i mean god and, and certainly this, possible this pains me to say it i almost think it's more likely we beat tcu than, than iowa state Iowa State's going to kick the shit out of us. I'm going to have to delete my Twitter account. (laughs) Iowa State's going to come get our ass. Look, man, I've known that Iowa State's on on an upward trend, and Matt Campbell's a legitimate coach, but they're still just so fun to pick on. Like, well, it's impossible not but to. But look at Matt Campbell. Like, there's so many sexy football coaches in the Big 12. You know, you got Cliff Kingsbury, and honestly, that's uh, rules kind of cute. But Campbell just looks like a guy you want to pick up and put into a dumpster. Yeah, he's and his he's hat a, is shite. His hats are gross. <laughs> I, I think he needs Invisalign. Uh, just like that, in, the entire state of Iowa probably needs Invisalign. Uh, God, I, I, I almost would prefer we beat Iowa State than anyone, just so I can bully their fans on Twitter some more. Um, I think our best shots are TCU, KU, Tech, and Iowa State. Those are our, our only games that I think, like, we have an outside chance of winning these games. So we're going to beat KU. except for Oklahoma. Is right. basically what you're saying. Essentially, so like Oklahoma winnable. A, Oklahoma's a loss. Every other game is winnable, but I don't. I think outside of KU, I don't think any sort of statistical projection would say we'd win. No, and I think you know, I think we could beat Tech, 
but I think they're far better than we are. Well, I think they're better than even what I was thinking. They're way uh, better. They, I mean, <laughs> their defense they look, is actually decent. They look very good versus Tech. Um, nervous about that one, and that's a senior night. Um, I think we're, you know, I we're gonna beat KU. Um, yeah, it's gonna be rough, Rob. I, I think both of us are firmly saying no bowl, but if we do, cheese my fear, it bowl. My fear, I have a. My fear is five and seven, and we get picked up for a bowl. This is what I'm going to say about that. I I agree with you, but again, because of how much fun and kind of the extra perks players get for going to a bowl game, I hope they accept it for that sake. Um, they're seniors who that's their last chance. That's right. the last chance they're going to get to go to some bougie hotel in Arizona, get a PlayStation 4, a new backpack, and a gift card to New Era. Um, you know, so I, I – I'm not I, saying that I don't want it like – that would be great for the players if we go to a bowl at five and seven. That's fine. I'm just my fear, of, um, you know, in that situation is that fans are they see it as you know, oh, we made it to a bowl again. I'm this I'm, is our down year. We'll I'm rebuild. Tr- I'm trying very hard to give the majority of K State's fan base a little bit more credit. I'm trying. They're gonna. It's it's gonna again. It's gonna come back and bite me because every time I try to verbalize something, it always comes wrong. Hashtag Scott Wildcat reverse jinx. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. If we end up going to a bowl at five and seven, the fans are going to still carry around Bill Snyder like it's a trip to the Cotton Bowl. But we'll move on from that. That said, I think five and seven is, is best case scenario. I don't think we're gonna get to six wins. No, I I, I can see scenarios, and maybe I'm. Maybe I'm turning into the optimistic one. I do see a scenario. I mean, we I can did, see. It's just, you know, we won one game. I mean, I can, yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But I, I think, I don't think TCU is as good as we thought. No. And I think tech is, be, tech and Iowa State are better than we thought, but we have some sort of weird voodoo over Iowa State. We're going to beat KU. So if those two truths hold, then can you find a way to beat tech at home? Can you beat Gary Patterson in what will be a, Eamon G. Carter Stadium that has 13,000 folks in it. I know. That, I don't know. We don't have any voodoo over Gary, though. That's my fears. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, but I think the official prediction is no bowl game. But if we're going to go, uh, cheese it bowl. So let's move on. Uh, Johnny underscore Appleseed. In your vast array of email knowledge, what is K-State's record in the game coming out of the recent yearly tradition players only meeting? I think it's 4-0, but I, there's no way for me to actually fact check what I say. Yeah, you're putting way too much weight on, on my vast quote vast K State football knowledge. We just have I, a podcast. I can't re- recall really any. <laughs> Actually, I didn't know that this was a yearly thing until Dal- Dalton Reisner said so. Well, it seems like just all my teams do that because my teams are constantly in crisis. So hey, it, it worked for the but Royals. It works. It Ra- works. Raul Banez uh, yelled at Eric Hosmer and told him to stop playing Clash of Clans on his phone, and they went and won <laughs> the World Series. So. We're going to probably win out. Um, Cali Blue 15 asks, how many draft picks does K-State get this year and who will keep the dra- streak going next year? Dalton Reisner will get drafted, maybe Duke Shelley. Um, if no one goes early and everyone stays around, I think the following year, Scott France and Alex Barnes. Barnes. Yeah, probably. Um, it'll it'll keep going, though, this year for sure. Um, where are we at? Cali, that was Cali Blue? That was Cali Blue. Next, shout-out to Dave here, Sabi Nation. How cool was it seeing Jacob Pullen back in Manhattan, boys? <laughs> love that guy. It was great. I actually went to Madness. Um, well, let's just put the cards on the table. Let's just, <laughs> yeah. let, let's just tell the story. Uh, quickly, um, 
Cliff Notes version. Uh, <laughs> let me know where I either go wrong or miss out. Uh, Jacob Poland tweets out about how he, he needs some K-State love and he's missing K-State fans. Uh, me being um, Mr. Podcast that I am while at work, I uh, slide into his DMs and say, hey, Jake, uh, I'm a co-host for a podcast. Me and uh, Grant would love to have you come on anytime you're back in town. Uh, just let me know. And then he tells us, tells me, hey, I'm going to co- come to Madness. Let's do it. So then a couple messages go. Then we don't hear anything from him. So we're like, okay, whatever. Uh, neither one of us is going to go to Manhattan on Friday. Then uh, on Friday at what? What time? Was it was like, like 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. He's like, hey, bro, my flight gets in at 3.30. We can either do it right before their uh, practice or right before Madness. And I send a screenshot to Grant. I was like, I'm going to tell him let's do it at 6.30 before Madness. Grant, being the hero that he is, he is dedicated to the pod. He drives from Topeka back to Kansas City to Manhattan, all for you guys, the boneheads, for the pod. Uh, and, and, and then as I'm uh, literally, you know, literally. I'm like tw- 10 minutes away from Manhattan, he sends me a message saying, hey, can't do it. <laughs> I, I missed my flight to Manhattan. I had to get a flight to Kansas City and drive in. So that happens. I'm just like, well, screw it. I'll go to Tallgrass and drink with the KSO boys and Grant. And as we're sitting there, he's like, well, I can do it after. So we're like, okay, we'll, we'll do it afterwards. But then uh, uh, sent, sent a message, no reply. Uh, surely Jake was doing something better than talking with us. It's fine. <laughs> I understand things happen, uh, but I do want to publicly tell everyone how dedicated you are, Grant, because I think you drove about 7,000 miles on (laughs) Friday, all for the pods. I personally want to thank you for doing that, showing your dedication, Uh, but we almost had Jake. It's always good that he's in Manhattan, but that's the story of how we almost got Jake on the pod. Yeah, I knew, you know, (laughs) right when I pulled into Manhattan, you sent me that screen cap of like, okay, this isn't going to happen. I had just driven like 160 miles. But, you know, we're sitting in the tap house talking to, to like, Matt Hall and those dudes. He sends us the, the, another text. So I'm like, all right. I knew we had about a 10% chance of that actually happening of after Madness because it was going to be 11 o'clock. And as I was sitting there, you know, I was in, like, row five just, like, stalking Jake, basically, like, staring at him. Basically, the entire arena was, like, in a line to get a picture and like autographs and with Jake. And he was literally would spend two minutes with each person just having a full conversation with him. So he certainly got the K-State love so that he needed. Um, I don't hold anything against him. Clearly he was probably busy as hell. So shout out to Jake. It was great seeing him. I got goosebumps when he walked, when he walked out of the uh, tunnel. Um, it was great. And I love Jacob Pullen. I always will. And we did get a question, uh, he he said he will not arrange for his banner to go up until he can have some certain teammates plus Frank Martin plus Bob Huggins and Bob Underwood or Brad Underwood all come back. So I think and Bruce has said it'll go up. Gina will say it's go up, and now we know uh, what Jake needs to happen before it goes up. So I think we can all kind of sit back, relax. We know it's going to happen, but we also know it's probably going to be a while. Yeah, Bruce said. No, he said, you know, during Madness, he said, we're going to get, he said, we're going to get Pullen's 
jersey up in the rafter, and it's going to be sooner rather than later. Well, but I, but, but I'm, I'm it's going to be hard to get what, all those people. Yeah, in I'm yet. going off of what Jake said. You know what? Would, it, no, would be perfect is a non-con game versus South Carolina, and do it on a Monday or Tuesday. So then maybe Bob, we could pay for Bob Huggins. I to fly have to out get to that. I, <laughs> I this is this is what I'm going to say. I, oh my god, no, no, I'm not going to say that. Um. I just know that if that were to happen, I think it would be the single largest non-conference game in K-State basketball history. It would Frank, be sold out 110%. Frank coming home, Jake going in the rafters, Underwood coming home, Huggins coming home. He, he said he wants Curtis Kelly to be there, Denny Clemente. Could you imagine Kurt and Denny back? Martavius Irvin definitely would be back. Think of the podcast opportunities we might have there. Ooh. We would be getting in so many DMs. I, I would be sliding into everyone's DMs. I would be quitting my job. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't I would quit. I would just put in for two weeks of PTO and just move to Manhattan for that. Uh, but, you know, that that's the story of how we almost got Jake, and hopefully we will You're get You're dead? There. You don't have an outline in front of you? No, I don't. Okay, so, so I'll take over. Go, I'm pulling it back up. Um, my computer just died. Well, um, next next question um, is E underscore S for KSU. After watching Madness in Manhattan, I'm even more confident in our depth and how good this team will be. I'm having a difficult time coming up with a weakness of this team. What do you think the biggest weaknesses will be for this year's team? I was at it. I was at Madness. Um, you know. Seemingly, we have a lot more depth, but still, our depth is a big question mark. We don't know how Austin Trice is going to play in the Big 12. We don't know how he's going to play at that next level. Um, our guys like Shad, um, James Love, we don't know. St- they still need to prove themselves. Um, I'm most excited about Sean Neal Williams. Um, he looks so much better than I thought he was going to be, and he's swaggy. He wears a headband. He's a long guard. He looks like he's going to be a good defender. He has really really good vision he had like three no passes that were like i don't know how he saw that he's got mesodosal eyes i love him i'm excited for him um trice is going to be a violent violent dunker i know that i'm excited though so i think you hit the nail on the head we have a ton of depth but that's at the guard position i think our biggest weakness is if Heaven forbid Dean gets hurt again. My God, and please, God, no. Dean looks so good, by the way. And yeah, Oh, yeah. And I, I think Dean's going to have a big, big, big year as long as he stays healthy. But Mac is not an elite post defender. And we don't know. And, you know, Nigel Shad, Love, and uh, Trice, we don't know how they're going to react to playing in the Big 12. So I think that the biggest weakness truly is in the post. Um, oh, my God. By the way, Maywin is massive. Oh, yeah. No, I mean... I, like, he, seeing he him got, in person, it's like, holy shit. Yeah, I think he got completely jacked in the offseason, but I we need we need Mac to... We need Mac to take a big next step. If Mac takes a step forward, like, let's talk, you know, second team all Big 12 type step forward, we might be able to win the Big 12, and we might be a Final Four contender. Um, but I don't have that confidence in them, and I don't know. We'll see. I, but I, I'm getting real pumped for basketball season. It was so nice seeing Barry in person. I missed Barry Brown. I love him. He's he's like – he's by the end, by, by when it's all said and done, he's going to be like a top three favorite of my guys. I just – he's kind of becoming like Mr. K-State. He's got a power cat tattoo. He just – he's at home. I love him. He's yep. great. 
I love Barry. Uh, we'll move on. We got a question from future guest of the pod, Ian, at Ian Cade Campbell, uh, the new papa. Ian says, if the moon was made of cheese, would you eat it? Well, I don't know about cheese, but if it was made of barbecue spare ribs, I would definitely eat it, and I would have seconds. All right. That, I can't say any better. We'll close out with SL Keck. Bill and Bruce have to choose one liquid besides water to drink for the rest of their lives. What is it? Uh, Bruce is going with Capri Sun, 100%. That's a good point. Um, fuck, I didn't put any thought into this. Bill, probably it's like Metamucil or something, something for his health. Well, someone said something Keep good on Twitter. bowels moving. Baja so, Blast. Someone said Baja Blast because yeah. he's a Taco Bell boy. Uh, so we'll we'll say Metamucil and, uh, for, for Bill and uh, Capri Sun for Bruce. Um, so that ends the my bookie. Uh, it's time for our weekly game balls, but you guys know before we do, it's sponsored by my bookie. Use boys twenty five on mybookie.ag. One hundred percent match on your initial deposit plus twenty five dollars. That means you could have two thousand twenty five dollars to put it all on K State to win the basketball national championship. That's right. I, you know what? I'm gonna say it here live. I have not. I don't sports bet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get into my bookie this week. I'm gonna make some bets for next week, so I'm gonna do it, and then I will tell the people about it. So I'm not all talk. Well, I do sports bet, and I made a billion dollars <coughs> on mybookie.com. You win, they pay. Grant, wh- what's your first game ball? Um, I don't know. Let's do offensive. I guess I'll start offensive game ball. Um. I guess I'll just – I have to go with Alex Barnes. Um, 181 yards rushing, 51 receiving. He's Four touchdowns. looking like an absolute baller. Uh, it's got to go to Alex Barnes. I'm going to break pro- protocol, uh, protocol, and my first game ball, I'm going to go defense just so I can take the other layup. Fair I'm enough. taking Duke Shelley, uh, two picks, pass breakup. Just absolute monster. Uh, pro football focus, college football team of the week highest grade defensive player in the big 12 duke shelley gets my defensive game ball my defensive game ball i'm going to give credit to where it is due i'm going to go to justin hughes um he stepped up big time from last week he's being asked to step into you know a position where he may not be ready but he's you know he's being a team player and he's stepping in he had zero missed tackles this week and he led the team in tackling with eight tackles justin hughes he's a big boy and I like him. My second game ball, I'm going to go to – I'm going to go offensive to Dalton Reisner again. Um, offensive line just played lights out. Uh, second straight week that he has gotten his boys ready to roll. Um, number one graded offensive lineman on K-State. Uh, he's going to be – he's going to make some money in the NFL one day, I believe. Uh, so he's getting my offensive game ball for the second straight week. Grant, who's taking home your swaggy sticker? Wyatt Hubert for his big defensive play on the goal line where he blew up that jet sweep and got the people energized, set up a helped us helped us hold them to three points. Um, going to Wyatt Hubert, I think he's probably maybe our most reliable defensive lineman. If not, he's our second best. But I really like him. He's great, and he's a Topeka cat. He is a Topeka cat. Uh, my swagger sticker for, again, back-to-back weeks, I'm going with Alex Barnes. Uh, the swaggiest thing he does when he scores a touchdown, he finds 
the camera guy points at him, makes eye contact, and then flexes on him. So that that is about as swaggy as a K State player ever gets. Yeah, he's coming into his own. I like him a lot. Um, that's gonna wrap it up. It's gonna wrap it up, uh, folks. We got we two have- two big shows. We have Ian Campbell and Reggie Walker. Uh, we're recording this uh, on a Monday for a Wednesday release. Uh, Wednesday morning, it's gonna be great. Um, I'm a little superstitious, so I'm not going to tell you all who we're interviewing for the show that is going to drop on October 22nd, just because, I, like I said, I'm a little superstitious. I don't want to say anything until it's recorded, uh, but I have no reason to believe it's not going to happen. But it m- probably our biggest show. Probably. Um, and don't underestimate the Reggie Ian one, because no, I think that's, that's be what everyone, all the people have been waiting for once Reggie kind of open the can a little bit. I think that one's going to be, we're just going to kind of let them go off and we'll see what happens, but it's going to be the Ron Prince Chronicles basically. It is. Um, so what I'm going to do is we're going to get ready for our basketball ticket giveaways. We have one entrant already for our eventual drawing. Um, but I'll say this, every single person who retweets the next three episodes. So this current episode that you're listening to get on Twitter, retweet the tweet that has the links to the shows, retweet the Reggie and Ian show and retweet secret episode. That's dropping next Monday. You'll be entered into a drawing for sprint center tickets, K state versus Vanderbilt. So make sure you get out there, make sure you retweet it. Um, I've decided I'm going to try to find a KU parking pass. I can't guarantee anything, but we, I'm leaning towards, yes, we'll have a get-together before the KU football game. I might have a tent for that. Whoa. I know we have one. I have one somewhere. So, you know, we might actually have a tent, which, you know, if we have a tent, then we might have a grill, and, you know, who knows? Who knows? This could be This Could be, could be a real tailgate. But uh, but I might back out of it if yeah. we find out it's 11 a.m. I don't know what's going to happen. Just stay tuned. Folks, we love you. Thanks for coming along. Uh, it's It's been a great ride. It's only going to get better. Big week. We have four shows this week. Meet me at the Cathead.
Talk Show Podcast Network.